Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. If you're a regular listener, you may have noticed that over the past several weeks, we've been talking about research with an international focus. To stick with that theme, this week we're reviving an episode from back in 2013 with education professor Carol Kampiecki. At the time, we were doing a series focused on cities. Camp Yakey directs both the Urban Studies Program and the Center on Urban Research and Public Policy here at Washington University in St. Louis. She joined Hold That Thought to talk about some of the problems that cities face around the globe. If you get the impression that I like studying cities and the stuff that goes in cities in terms of the human context, you're absolutely correct. That's me. I understand the theory and the research, and I teach it and have done it for a very long time, but I'm interested in the human connection. What happens to people who live in cities? So far within Hold That Thought series on cities, we've had the chance to hear from experts across the disciplines, history, economics, and education, just to name a few. For Camp Yakey, this sort of interdisciplinary focus on urban studies is an everyday reality. The interesting thing about urban studies is that there is not one academic discipline or subject area that it doesn't touch upon. Not one. How do we handle the fact that more and more people in the global society are moving where? Toward our cities. We're no longer a farm environment, whether you're talking about Chicago, Illinois, whether you're talking about the U.S., whether you're talking about China, whether you're talking about Brazil, whether you're talking about Australia. It's now a global society. And I think it may be a decade ago we passed the hallmark in terms of the fact that at least half of the world now lives in cities. So everything that impacts upon cities. How are you going to house all these people? What about the environment? What about education? What about hunger? What about health care? <laughs> um, when we tell everyone you have to get inoculated for the flu, well, why is that important? Well, it wouldn't be important if you lived, wouldn't be necessary if you lived on a farm and your next uh, neighbor was uh, 100 miles away in a city a flu can cause quite an epidemic, and the reverberations that can occur through the economy, through schools, through people's ability to work or not work, through just basic health care, uh, has impediments and uh, uh, import for almost every strata of society. As Kampiecki mentioned, one of the aspects of urban studies that she finds so fascinating is its global context. The 2012 book Living on the Boundaries, Urban Marginality in National and International Contexts, which she edited, really illustrates this aspect of urban studies. The focus of the volume spans the globe. There are articles about Bangladesh, Sweden, England, the U.S., and just about everywhere in between. And as editor, Kampiecki sees connections between the urban issues presented throughout the volume. We're looking at almost a symmetry of problematics across the globe. Although we're different in terms of how we might look on the outside, 
internally in how we live, there are some tremendous commonalities and complexities which we need to solve, not as the U.S. or Japan or Canada or uh, Egypt, but how we as part of humanity can solve many of these issues which are confronting us all, because globally we're smaller than we think we are. One of the global problems that Kampiaki focuses upon in her own work is the plight of the urban poor. As cities compete with one another to become economic engines and centers for international business and commerce, efforts toward urban renewal often push out lower-income residents. And this is going on in cities across the globe. You find in New York what is occurring as they're building these two and three million dollar condos in New York City that the poor people are being pushed out. But not only poor people, what about mom and pop shops? Where, where are all those small businesses going? Beauty parlors, uh, all those, where are they going? Once taxes rise, and Bloomberg has been a superb mayor in terms of making New York clearly a spot where corporations and companies want to be, he's been superb at that. But when you look at what some people call the vanishing city, it's called vanishing because it's vanishing for those who can't afford to live in it. So the same dynamic occurs in whether you're talking about Jakarta, which is a major city, whether you're talking about uh, Rio de Janeiro. It's the same thing that's happening. You've got so many poor people who want to live in the city and who may provide the menial kinds of labor, but they can't. They can work there, but they can't live there. Let's stick with Rio for a moment, because the upcoming 2016 Summer Olympics are causing a prime example of this sort of gentrification. Stay on the beaches of Ipanema and the like and look straight up, and what do you see? And they're the favelas. Those are the slums for the urban poor. But those are the very things that are being torn down to the Olympic Village. Now, once the Olympics are over, who do you think can afford to live there? Those with means and money. So the dynamic is the same. Where are the poor to live in our global societies now, in our global cities? Because remember now what global cities are. They're highly cultural, meaning they have museums and and amusements and all of those things which make a city a part of the creative class. They generally are places where you have high levels of technological advance. And one of the other major issues that there is that your global cities are always places where you have your best colleges and universities. So what does that draw? That draws your educated class, what we call again your urban cosmopolites. No difficulty because they can work in the corporations who settle there. They can work in the high-tech industry and the jobs and the like. But what is happening is a tremendous disconnect because you have people who can work there and they can man the high-priced jobs and the like. But then you have a disconnect because you have the urban poor who will provide all of the services, but they can't afford to live in those cities anymore. And so, again, the question is, where are the poor to live? And that is a question that is being asked and addressed no matter what city of the world that you go to. And we see what's happening in so many of our major cities now. Many of the poor are just getting angry and taking out their frustrations on one another. And this is not an apology for it. It's simply what happens when you have people from divergent backgrounds and such a stringent and strong division between the haves and the have-nots and a 
political climate that suggests, well, we've given the poor too much already. If all of this seems overwhelming, or even depressing, it's helpful to remember that every generation has had its own set of urban issues to confront and attempt to overcome. Remember now, cities were created some 10,000 years ago. And cities have always gone through change and revolution. What makes them so fascinating and interesting is that this isn't the first issue or evidence of clashes that have taken place. They've taken place over the past 10,000 years. And why? Because you have so many people coming in contact with one another. We didn't solve it when Rome was Rome and England was England, <laughs> okay? So now that burden is upon us in the 21st century to resolve some of these kinds of issues that weren't resolved historically. So it's helpful to remember if you think this is depressing, it really isn't. We're talking about the revolution and the advance of civilization and how people can live better with one another. And I'm confident we can. Many thanks to Professor Carol Camp Yakey for contributing to Hold That Thought. Among her many ongoing projects, Camp Yakey is working with colleagues on a book titled Up From Rust, The Promise and Peril of Urban Renewal. You can find a link to her faculty page, as well as the website for Washington University's Center on Urban Research and Public Policy on our website. We're at thought.artsci.wustel.edu. That's thought.artsci.wustel.edu. Dot 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 dot